Good morning. How's everyone feeling today? It is a wonderful day. I know that some of you may be a little bit tired. Anyone a little bit tired today? Anybody feel like, like an hour of your life has been sucked out of you a little bit? That's how I feel on these mornings where we lose an hour. But listen, I love coming in here together and worshiping together and singing praises to God. And, and so today I just want to welcome you and say thanks for being here. And I know some may be watching online, and, and I want to say thanks for joining us online. Um, today you may notice if you're here, and maybe you weren't here last week, you may notice that things look a little bit different than they usually do. You're seated a little bit different. Somebody moved your seat, and that's weird for you. And you, maybe you're like, man, I love lost an hour and my mind's playing tricks on me. No, we did move the seats. And that's because we're in a new series uh, that's called Terms of Surrender. And, and the idea behind the series, it's, it's based in Luke's gospel. It says in Luke chapter 9 that Jesus turned his focus, resolutely set his focus on the cross. So Jesus had been ministering and things were going well, but, but Jesus knew all along that his plan and his journey was to the cross. And so it says in Luke chapter 9 that Jesus basically set his sights on the cross. And that would be surrender. And then from chapter 9 to chapter 23, the crucifixion, and then the, the resurrection after that, um, Jesus is teaching and leading his disciples on his way to the cross, on his way to surrender. He's teaching uh, his followers and his disciples what it looks like for them to surrender their lives. And so we're talking about terms of surrender. You may, we, we wanted you to get this picture of like when, they're, when, when you're in a battle and somebody surrenders, you come to the middle and you discuss the terms of surrender. What does it look like for me to surrender? That's what we're looking at in this series. And so last week we started with surrender your plans, um, take up your cross and follow Jesus. And today we're going to talk about, we're going to be in chapter 10 and we're going to talk about something um, that, that I think is a, is a pretty big issue for all of us. It's the issue of success. And today we're going to talk about the fact that we need to surrender our successes. How many of you are successful? Go ahead. Come on. Not a man. We are a, really a bunch of bums in here. <laughs> Maybe all the successful people. I mean, how many of you have ever experienced good things, whether it's in life or whether it's in church ministry or whether it's just in like, have, have you ever experienced success, anybody? Yeah. All right, that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. I hope so. <laughs> I really do. L listen, today we're going to see a, a story and, and it's just this little piece of scripture and, and the disciples, the followers of Jesus, 72 of them have been sent out um, to minister and they come back and they have experienced a lot of ministerial success. God has done cool things. Um, but today I want us to see that we are called to surrender even our successes. Even our spiritual successes, we are called to surrender them. And so I want you to stand with me. And we're going to read Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20. You can follow along on the screen. It says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You can have a seat. 
So, so there's a few different kinds of success that we're going to talk about today. I mean, the Scripture is obviously talking about um, the fact that these, these followers of Jesus had been faithful. Jesus sent out these 72, and he basically said, I'm going to send you out to go to all of the places that I'm going to go, and I want you to kind of go and pave the way and minister. And so these 72 disciples went out, and they came back, and the report was all 72. This is incredible. How often do all 72? How often can you get four people or two people to agree on something? All 72 that were sent out came back and said, good things are happening. God is doing good things. So listen, I just want to start by talking a little bit about success. We're, we're in the Westchester Mason. I know you guys are being, you know, shy and you were trying to be humble and that's really nice of you at church. But, but let's be honest, like... Like, there's a lot of successful people in this room, aren't there? Maybe, like, in your career, you've experienced success. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you've, you've been promoted. Maybe you've gotten to a place. Maybe financially, you've been successful. And there, there's all these different ways that we can experience success. Maybe you were a good athlete, and you experienced success there. But, but I want to say this. Like, as a church, it feels like God has been gracious over and over again to us. And sometimes, as a church, we can start to experience, I'll give quotes, success in ministry. Today, I want us to see, and I think Jesus is, is teaching his followers, that when we experience success, we have to be able to surrender it and not make that the focus of our lives. So, so there, there's three things that happen in this text. Um, the first is that the disciples come back and report. The second is Jesus confirms and makes a promise to them. And then the third is Jesus gives them a warning. So I just want to start here. Like, there is nothing wrong with being successful. Congratulations, guys. Turn to somebody and say, you're awesome. All right, turn to somebody and say, you look good today. Or if they don't, say, hey. <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> It's good to be together, isn't it? And there are a lot of, like, God has done great things here. I got to tell you, like, in, I, I say this all the time. Like, so, you know, if, if you don't know much about the church, if you're new here, like, we have a church board. And the church board is 12 people from the church that are, that are elected into those positions. And, and I got to tell you, like, I've got a lot of friends that are pastors. And church boards can be really difficult sometimes. They can. Like, a lot of my friends, like, dread going to board meetings. I got to tell you, like, our church board is the most wonderful church board that I've ever seen. And, I mean, I go to those meetings, and I always leave encouraged. And I'm thankful for that. And our church, like, I don't, I got to tell you, like, I know that the church has been through some hard days before, but I believe God has just been working and just working in our church and bringing unity and peace and love. And I think God's done really good things. And so that's kind of like th this place of success or, or blessing is where these followers of Jesus are at. And he sent them out and they come back and they say, man, Jesus, this is good. See, when Jesus sent them out, he said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. How many of you are all in for that. Sending you out as lambs among, like that doesn't sound like it's gonna be too, too much of a good time, does it? But they go out and all 72 come back 
And it says with joy, they are filled with joy because God has done awesome things. And so they come back and they say, man, Jesus, like even the demons are submitting to us in your name. Have any of you ever felt like you, you were just on a roll and like God was working and like, man, God, you're surprising me how good this is going. I want to I tell you that if you will faithfully trust and follow God, this is, this is the truth. You will be surprised by how good God is. You will be surprised at the things God can do. There are times that, that like I have a picture, we talked about surrendering our plans last week, like I have a picture of what I want to see happen. Even take this series, like, like we had this plan for what this would look like and man, it's just like God shows up and blows away everything we think and expect. And, and so I just want you to know that, that, that God, if you will be faithful to serve and follow God, God will surprise you over and over again with how powerful and good he is. So that's where the, the disciples are at. So the few things I want you to see here. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. There is great joy in faithfully following Jesus and being obedient to what God calls you to. Even when the obedience is, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, there is great joy in following Jesus. Can you guys hear me? Everything okay? Okay, it all changed behind me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but there is great joy found in faithfully serving God. Listen, if you are not serving God, I, if you're just walking through life, like there is success in this earth, in this world, like, like you can win in sports, you can win your fantasy football championship, you can get promoted at work, you can get a good return on your taxes, you can experience success financially, you can have good things happen to you. And that's great, but there is real joy in serving and experiencing God's faithfulness. I, I, I want to tell you, there's no comparison between the two. See, I, I remember they, they interviewed an athlete, and I don't even remember which athlete, but they, they said, what's it like having won so many championships? And that athlete said, well, it's great the night of, but the next morning I wake up and it's a whole new season. And I, all of a sudden, I know everyone's coming after me. So there's like that euphoria, that joy of like, hey, I won, or hey, I'm, I'm doing well. But, but if it's earthly, I'm telling you, it, the next day, it can be gone. But man, there is, there is great joy in seeing God work. Have you ever just experienced, has God ever surprised you? Anyone, would anyone just raise their hand or online just say amen or yes, like that God has surprised you? I got, I'll tell you, pastoral confession time, we don't have the song yet, I don't think, but um, I, I'm, not, I'm not the most comfortable, never have been the most comfortable at sharing my faith. Uh, that's pretty, I mean, I'm, I, I can do it up here, that's easy, but like one-on-one, -on -one, in person, like it's always been challenging for me to share my faith with others. And, and so I remember when I was in seventh grade, uh, you know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor and I had a friend named Gus Stevenson who came over and, um, and he was hanging out in my room and he was going through my stuff and, and he came upon like some church stuff and he started saying, hey, what's this stuff? 
And I said, oh, that's from my church. You know, I love going to church. And he said, well, tell me about, tell me about God. And I was super uncomfortable, but I started telling him just about, you know, what God had done for me, what God means to me. And, and listen, like, I, I take no credit for this, but today, Gus is faithfully serving God, and there is nothing better than seeing God change a life or God heal someone that's broken, and I'm thankful for that. And there's, listen, the joy of that is eternal joy. It's not fleeting, it's eternal. And so, so there's great joy in faithfully serving God, and that's what the 72 are experiencing. The second thing we see is that they knew where their success came from. So their joy came from God. Their success came from God as well. It says here, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us, these are key words, in your name. See, I want you to see, like sometimes we, like this warning at the end would make you think that maybe they were in the wrong place. I don't think so. I think they were faithfully serving God. They were filled with joy from what God was doing and they were giving credit to Jesus in the success. They said, even the demons submit to us in your name. I, I wanna stop for a second. I'm, sit, I'm sitting in a room with just some amazing, turn to someone and say, you're amazing. Some of you just don't believe it enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in the room with a lot of really impressive, amazing people, and I mean that. But I want to tell you something. All of your success, whether we're, whether we're talking about earthly, career, talent, it all comes from God. All of the things that have happened in this church that are good things have happened because of God. We, we cannot do that stuff. All of your talent, all of your ability, your, your mind, your wisdom are given to you by God. And so these disciples get it. They say, hey, you sent us out and we went, but it's your name that accomplished these great things. All of our success comes from God. I, I want us to be really clear here today. All of your success, all the good things that have happened are gifts from God. They're not your achievements. If we get that wrong, if we think they're us, they're our achievements, we're gonna get to a bad place pretty quick, which is, I think, where Jesus leads them. And so, so all our success comes from God is the second thing. The third thing is this, Jesus replies. So, so their experience was they were filled with joy. In Jesus' name, God was doing incredible things. Even the demons submitted to him. But then Jesus replies... It's kind of a weird response, but I think he's affirming that yes, God's name is powerful, and yes, God is working in their life. So he says this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. True authority and power, eternal authority and power, come from God. Not from us, not from our ability. Jesus doesn't say, oh, hey, don't get a big head. Jesus says, yes, absolutely. Like I saw Satan fall from, from heaven. Yes, we are powerful over the enemy. And Jesus says, I have given you authority and power over the enemy and nothing can harm you. So let me just, let me stop here because this text could be really troublesome for a lot of us in the church. I think there's two ways 
that we can get this wrong. Number one, I think the way that we more often get this wrong is that we forget the power and authority that we serve under in Jesus Christ. If you and I are being honest with each other, there are some situations in our life that we are tempted to think this can't be changed. There are some people in your life that maybe you're tempted to think like they're just a little bit too far gone. Jesus says, Jesus doesn't say back away. Like Jesus says, no, I have given you authority over the enemy. I've given you power over the enemy. Jesus confirms that. So, so one way I think that we miss this in the church is that we don't step up to the authority that we have in Christ. When we're praying, when we're ministering, we don't believe, we don't live like God has given us power and authority. And Jesus says, I have given you power and authority. If you are faithfully serving God for his will and his purposes, this is important, you have power and authority that are over the enemy. That's good stuff. Sometimes we doubt it. The other side is, sometimes we abuse it, don't we? Sometimes that power and authority that we like to claim, we use it for our own purposes or for our own plans. And there, there are some places where, where people say, well, I've got power and authority over that. So, so I'm going to, I mean, you, we saw this during COVID from some pastors who would say, you know, I'm, you know, God is better than COVID, so it's going to go away. And, and listen, like God is over all of it. But, but sometimes we abuse that power and authority to make it what we want it to be, to say what we want to say, and we forget that our power and authority is as we serve and follow God's will and God's plan. And so the power and authority, true power and authority come from God as we serve for his will and his plan. And so everything's good. I think these disciples have, are doing a good job. They're filled with joy. They're giving God credit. They're saying it's in Jesus' name. But, and Jesus affirms that. But then in verse 20, um, Jesus gives the warning, and this is what, what I want us to hear today. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. True faithfulness to God, true humility is understanding that our value, this isn't, I'm not going to say exactly what's on the screen, understanding that our value and our identity is not based in our successes. It's based in the grace and love of Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus, I don't think he's rebuking them. I think he's warning them. He's saying, yes, good things have happened. Yes, you're faithfully ministering. Yes, I'm doing great things. But don't get caught up in the great things. Your value and identity are found in your salvation. And the fact that your names are written in heaven. So, so God does good things through us. God works. We, we have success as we faithfully minister for God's will and God's plan. But Jesus says, you have to be willing to surrender that and follow me. Our greatest gift is not our success in life and ministry. Our greatest gift is our salvation. 
The, the best identity you have today is not, you know, a, a minister who's been to, you know, a person who's been faithful to church. Your, your greatest identity is not in that you've prayed over so many people and they've been healed or changed. Your, your greatest identity is not in that you are a superstar. Share your faith. Your identity should not be found there. Your identity should be found in the grace and the love of Jesus Christ and your salvation through him. See, see, Jesus is warning them because there's some problems with us getting this wrong. When we start to look at success as what defines us, as we start to get too caught up in success, even, hear me, even spiritual success, we start to get off track. So there's two, two big problems I see um, with getting caught up in success. Um, number one, when, when we get caught up in success, we become dependent on success. When, when you see God work, so, so let's take, for example, we have, a, we have a great service and it just feels like the Spirit's moving. Or we, I remember our worship night was so awesome back, I think it was like last May, and it was just this incredible experience. And it's like, man, that was so awesome. That's what we want every week. And, and it's easy to start identifying ourselves in God's work through that moment or that experience. The problem is, Two weeks later or three weeks later, it was, I don't remember if there was bad service after it, I doubt it. But the problem is when you don't have that experience and you've become dependent on that experience, you start to think that God has left you or, or God isn't with you or God isn't working. We become dependent on success. Why would Jesus, just think about this, why would Jesus tell these disciples who had faithfully ministered, who God had worked incredibly through, why would Jesus tell them to not get caught up in the success? Well, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Jesus knew exactly where he was headed. He was headed to the cross. And if you become dependent on success as we measure it, you're not going to understand the cross you're not going to know how to deal with the hard times. See, see it's sometimes the healing doesn't come. Sometimes it seems like the enemy is winning. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. That means dying to self. We don't equate success with death, do we? But Jesus says, don't find your identity in those good moments. Don't find your identity in the fact that you have spiritual power and authority. Find it in the love and the grace of Jesus Christ poured out for you on the cross that gives you salvation. If you put your focus and your faith in success, you will lose your faith with your failures. When, when you don't get good news, when things don't work out the way you want them to. When your loved one isn't healed. When your health isn't a good report. When ministry doesn't go so well. When your career takes a turn. If you're dependent on the success, you'll be lost when that goes away. So Jesus is clearly saying, like, it's good that, that you've been faithful. It's good that God is working in you. But don't forget that your true value and identity is not found in the good moments. 
It's found in the grace and love of Jesus Christ. So that's the first reason. I, I was the young adult pastor here for about eight years. Let me tell you, like, <laughs> young adult ministry, uh, Teresa, Pastor Teresa is our young adult pastor. God bless you. You are awesome. <laughs> young adult ministry is one of the most difficult ministries, I think, um, because, like, it, it would never fail. Like, we would have, like, 20 young adults there, and it's like, man, God's doing awesome things. This is cool. Like, we have this good group, and God's really moving. And the next week, like, two young adults show up. And you're just like, wait a minute, God. Here's the thing. If you get caught up in the, the big groups, then you're going to think the small group is like God leaving you or it's failure. And, and that's not always true. God is faithful. God's love and grace are there for you. Your salvation is not dependent on your success, what you can achieve, but on Christ's sacrificial love and his resurrection victory. And so find your identity, depend on salvation. So the first thing is if we depend on success, we'll be lost without it. And the second thing is success breeds arrogance. And this is where I think we struggle. I think a lot of us want to be successful. I think a lot of us want to see God do certain things. We want to be successful and we want people to think highly of us. Even churches, I think, fall into this trap that they, they feel like we've got to be successful. And there are a lot, let me tell you the truth right now, there are a lot of churches around the world that are dying because they got so caught up in what success looked like and they're not following God's will. I don't mean to be judgmental, but, but if, if you get caught up in success, it can become arrogance and you can start to think this is about you. And the truth is it's not. It's God's grace. It's God's love. It's God's salvation for you. And so success can breed arrogance. There's kind of two things happening. Jesus says, hey, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. That's kind of affirming, yes, you all do have power and authority. Yes, my name is greater than the enemy. But, but I think he's also trying to warn them that, see, I don't know if you guys know the backstory of that, but Satan was, was one of the high-ranking angels. And he got puffed up and he got you know, full of himself, and he fell like lightning from the sky and, and lost his place. If we don't keep our faith and our focus on the love and grace of Jesus Christ, we'll lose our way. I think, I mean, we like to win, don't we? Don't you like to win? Don't you like to see good things? Listen, more important than that is being faithful and taking up your cross and following Jesus. More important than being a winner in earthly standards is being a child of God. Today I got good news. You are loved more than you can ever imagine. You, you are, I mean, I want you, let me say it again. Can you please hear me? You are loved more than you can ever imagine. Teens, you are loved more than you can imagine. Church people, you are loved more than you can ever imagine. And it's not dependent on what you can accomplish. It's not dependent on what God is gonna accomplish through you. It's dependent on his grace and his mercy and that is eternal and it's yours. And that's where we're meant to find our identity today. If we're not willing to surrender our successes 
we won't be able to walk the way of the cross. And we won't be able to accept God's unconditional love. Uh, today we're going to respond, and um, I'm, the worship team's going to come up. And listen, I know that some of you have been pretty successful in life. I know that some of you are, have been financially or career successful. I know that some of you have been faithful to God for years and years, and God has done really cool things in your life. Listen, today I want you to surrender it. Not that it's bad, not that there's anything wrong with God doing good things in your life, but I want you to surrender it, and I want you to say, God... Help me not to put my faith in those things, but to put my faith in your love and your salvation. We're going to respond. We have uh, five prayer stations. Um, so over here, we have an intercessory prayer station. If you need someone to pray for you today, uh, as, after I pray and we start singing together, I just want you to have the freedom to stand up and walk over, and we'll have somebody over there that will pray with you. There's a praise wall right here. If you want to just write your praises to God and put them on the praise wall, that's a, that's a good response. Back in the back, there is a surrender your success station, which just challenges you to think about what God has done and the good things, but also to surrender it and find your identity in his salvation, his love. Over here, we have communion. If you want to take communion as we're worshiping, just get up and go over and you could take communion. And then we have the cross and the altar's right over here. If you just want to go kneel and pray at the cross, we want to respond to God's word. One of the things I, I, I want you to do is I want you to feel free to respond, to surrender in whatever way God calls you to. It could be kneeling where you are. It could be standing and putting your hands up. Don't miss this. This is, this is big. We are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus and so I want to pray, and then I want you to respond, however it is God puts on your heart. We're, we got about three songs, about 10 minutes of worship that we're going to worship together, and then we'll come back together at the end. But, but respond to God now. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day, and I thank you that, that, that your love for me is not dependent on what I can accomplish or even what is going to be accomplished through me. But your love for me is already given. You sacrificed all so I could have salvation in life. And I thank you that that's true for every single person in this room. Lord, I pray right now that we would surrender ourselves, that we would surrender our successes, that we would surrender the areas that, that would maybe get us puffed up or, or give us pride, Lord. I pray that we would completely surrender them and that we would respond to your word now. We give you everything today. In Jesus' name, amen.